0: Blog Talk Radio.
1: The beat goes on. The beat goes on. The drums keep pounding a rhythm to the brain. La da da La-di-da-di-da. Charleston was once the rage of History has turned a page of The minute's good, the current thing On. The beat goes on the drums keep pounding A rhythm to the brain La-da-da-da-dee la da 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 The grocery store's a supermodel uh-huh. to war. Electrically they keep a baseball score, And the beat goes on. The beat goes on. Drums keep pounding a rhythm to the brain. la di da di da 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 Grandma's sitting in chairs and rim on this Boys keep chasing girls to get a kiss The cars keep on going
2: Good everybody, it is a little after 5 on a Wednesday afternoon, Pacific time of course And that makes it a perfect time for a cup of Joe This is a show where we like to uh, inspire, educate, bring about change um, Anything that we can do to promote our liberties and cause social justice to happen, and ultimately, we do have a hidden agenda, and that agenda is to bring about the end of cannabis prohibition as a start, just getting going here. So, anyways, my name's Joe Grumbine, and I am the CEO of a little organization that we like to call the Human Solution International, and uh, we're a 501c3 federally recognized nonprofit and We're an all-volunteer organization. I don't know if any of you have ever worked with volunteers before, but uh, the fact that we have been around for the last almost nine, I think it's been nine years now, never any one of our members has taken a salary or received any sort of a stipend. Uh, We just all have been here and doing what we do to to make a difference in the world, and uh, You know, there's been ups and downs and ins and outs and sideways, but meanwhile, we keep moving forward. And, um, you know, I feel really good about where we're at today. I think that the organization is at its core one of the strongest that it's ever been. We're not as big as we've been in the past, but we're likely, in my opinion, better than we've ever been. We've got a strong leadership team, Uh, we've got a strong focus, and Uh, We're starting to march towards our goals. We've got a lot of guests that are going to be calling in today, at least hopefully. Um, We've got a lot of things to talk about. Today is sort of a a wild card day, and uh, we've got a lot of of little topics. Um, One of our guests, Sharon Raybert, uh, is not going to be able to make it. She had a loss, a death in the family, and uh, she's a little tore up about it. So uh, we want to wish her the best, uh, but we are going to be talking about our coalition, and we're going to be talking about um, Sharon's role in that and, you know, the role of of a number of individuals and, and organizations that are coming together uh, to get outside of ourselves, to get outside of our, you know, little um, idiosyncrasies, our little... Um, you know, our little glitches, the things that keep us from from uh, being better than we are. And so we've decided to join together and bring all of our strengths of the individuals and organizations that are agreeing to stand with each other. And throughout history, um, coalitions have been unstoppable. You know, you go back to the World Wars, and if it wasn't for the Allies, Alliances, um, this would be a very different world today. None of the countries likely would have been able to get the job done on their own, but together everybody was able to be bigger than themselves and um, defeat a threat to humanity as it it was. Um, Hopefully more and more alliances are going to start to happen as we have a lot of problems in the world. You know, we have political problems, we have social problems, we have um, financial problems, every every kind of problem you can imagine we have. And in as individuals we can do things. I you know, we talk about the power of one, how important every individual can be. But the real power comes from one and another and another and even another that decide to stand together and be something bigger. I think there's like a a cartoon or some, I think there's a whole movie franchise about these robots that are called Transformers, and they're a bunch of different pieces that get put together and they become something bigger. And, you know, it's, it's kind of funny as we were, Uh, becoming an organization i kind of felt like that was what was happening we had strengths of different groups that had come together to create ourselves and as we began to lock pieces into place and and strengths and some of the tasks that needed to be done got we're starting to get done i felt like this new thing was happening this new creature was being uh... was rising up out of you know out of nothingness and and that's what we became um we got a bunch of things going on today. We're going to be selecting some winners of a contest or two. And, you know, it's kind of funny. I, it, As it is today, um, last weekend was Hemp Fest, Seattle Hemp Fest. When I say Hemp Fest, it used to be. There was only one or two. But now there's Hemp Fest every day, every week, every – somewhere there's a the something or other going on. But the Seattle Hemp Fest has been around for a long time. the people involved with the Seattle Hemp Fest are some amazing people. Um, I worked with them for a little while, and uh, we actually had a Seattle Hemp Fest chapter of the Human Solution at one point. I guess technically we still do. Um, About three years ago, the Human Solution came together and ran one of their merchandise booths, and they gave us in exchange for running this, a percentage of the funds that were raised, and uh, we also got a free spot to put a table up, which in an event like that was huge, and we had people come from, oh geez, we had people come from Ohio, we had people come from Montana, people from California, all bunch of people from Washington, as obviously it's in Seattle. Uh, We had people from Oregon, people from Colorado. Uh, We had people from all over the country came together, and we had sort of a summit there. We were able to speak uh, on every stage. Uh, We had opportunities to speak every day and sometimes multiple times in a day. And we were able to bring up, you know, the representation of who we were at that time but we were already at that time going through some growing pains and there were some people that had originally, um, been part of the organization, maybe not from the very beginning, but from earlier point, um, had already gone off on their own direction and, um, you know, caused a little trouble or tried to anyways. But at the end of the day, um, even back then we, we held together, um, We brought in a lot of new members. We introduced a lot of people to who we were, what we were doing. At the time, we were doing a prison, um, adopt-a-prisoner program, and we had a, we were working on our legal clinic at the time. We've been working on the legal clinic, hell, for, I don't know, four or five years now. And we brought in a few lawyers that were interested in participating. We signed up, I don't know, 20 or 30 new members. Um, We even... Had a volunteer that came and worked at our booth <clears throat> that was so touched by who we were and what we were what we did that he went to a foundation that he was uh, in some fashion involved with and um, submitted us as a candidate to win a grant and ultimately we did and it was the only real. Uh, I don't know, substantial gift that's ever, you know, come our way, and we used it actually to fund the T-shirts. Actually, you can see right now, um, you can see that I've eaten a little too many burritos, but this is one of our T-shirts, and it says, no one should go to jail for a plant on the front, and on the back it has our old logo as we had it. Um, This is something that we created. We've raised some funds with it. Uh, we also used it for our operating expenses as well, but um, <clears throat> this was something that was kind of unique and, and exciting for us, you know, to for have somebody to just give us some funds that were uh, raised by another nonprofit um, because of the work we were doing. I was really proud and, and uh, excited that that happened. Um, since that time, we've really not done anything to to get any grants written, although we've had it on our agenda. We certainly want to do that. Uh, we really, we haven't been able to do it. So the Seattle Hemp Fest, it's one of the largest organized events and they have, I don't know, I think hundreds of volunteers and they're one of the most organized um, event plan, events planned that I know of and I was really impressed by uh, the way that they've got everything together and I mean, they've done it, I think, 26 years or something like that, but nonetheless, they've done it successfully, and after we came the first year, we had some internal problems, and ultimately, we've uh, you know become a lot smaller, and we made the decision not to come back um, because one of the problems with an all-volunteer organization is you get a lot of people that sign up and volunteer for things, but... Only a handful of them actually do it. And I have sat at I don't know how many booths um, across the years tabling and and watched all the volunteers that, you know, got their free passes uh, go off and enjoy the event and, you know, leave the handful together to to run the the show. And, And this was no exception. And it was really kind of frustrating. And I just kind of said, you know what, if we can get enough people that are willing to do it, they can do it. But I I, I really just can't. Um, we've decided to focus our attention on more mainstream types of events. And, um, you know, in the last couple of months I've been attending a few of them. So I'm kind of excited about that. And yet the Hemp Fest is kind of a powerful place. It's a place that people... Um, come together to get inspired and motivated and see the progress that's been made. You know, cannabis has been quote unquote legal in Washington state now for a few years, and yet there's still people getting locked up for it. There's still people in prison for it, both federally and state. There's still cases that come up out of this, and it's one of these things that um, we're just not done until we're done. And I saw one of our former I don't know, I guess technically she's still a chapter leader but um there's not really any activity going on. Um uh, but one of our members or former members made a post today or yeah, I think it was today on Facebook and she was talking about the Hemp Fest and she noted that it was an event that signified people that oftentimes don't play well together um putting aside their differences and standing together for something. And I thought to myself You know, that's what needs to happen, and that's what, you know, kind of the drumbeat's all about right now. It's not so much that each one of us is the answer. It's not so much that any one of us or any few of us is the answer. What needs to happen is we need to be loud enough. We need to be big enough. We need to have enough people actually stand up and do something. That's when we're going to win. That's when it won't matter what the law is. It won't matter if there's a good law, bad law, sideways law. Some people aren't getting locked up. This person's not getting locked up. It won't matter. When enough of us do stand together, nobody's going to get convicted because the juries just won't do it. You know, I got a inspiration after last show, and I'm going to do some research on it. But the truth is, <clears throat> throughout history, there have been a lot of bad laws, horrible laws. And laws that get outdated, laws that were in vogue at a time, and and um, somehow they never got repealed, they never got removed, they just got left on the books. But nobody pays attention to them. They don't. Nobody's ever going to get arrested for them, unless you know a cop decides they want to make an example out of you. But they can do that for anything. They can break your taillight and say you got a taillight out, or they can arrest you for spitting on the sidewalk, or um, you know having sex the wrong way whatever it is there's so many laws on the books that are just not enforced they're not they're not adhered to we don't care about them we don't listen to them we don't follow them and the cops don't pay attention to them and certainly judges are not convicting for them we could do that to pot laws just the same we could decide you know what we're just not into this anymore this is ridiculous stuff wasting our tax dollars on this and yeah, we're not going to convict anybody for it anymore. We could just do that. And if we did, these laws would go the same way of, of these archaic, you know, laws that typically have to do with animals and and hygiene and just silly things that might be common sense, but they certainly shouldn't be a law that has a criminal uh, consequence for not following. And, you know, that that's the thing that came to me that said you know if we could just identify this in our messaging and say you know and then just go through and have this big old long list of all the laws that are still on the books today that you could technically receive a fine or a punishment for um, but nobody does why can't cannabis laws be like that you know we have so many divided camps in the law reform and i put i just roll my eyes when i say that because Reform is just such a weak word. It's just pathetic to me. It's like reform. Just friggin' end it. Just just take it to the end. Why? What are we gonna reform it? It's just so soft. You know, let's end it. Knock the fucking wall down. It's prohibition, folks. Don't you get it? It doesn't work. It creates crime. It creates problems. It doesn't help anybody. There's never once been a situation where prohibition worked in all of society. People are going to do what they want to do. So why do we allow this to continue? Well, unfortunately, we're duped. We're duped by a lot of people and a lot of groups and a lot of lawyers and a lot of things that cause us to think that just sign the petition and everything will be all right. You know, pass the law and we're going to be good. Well, hang out in the places where we pass the laws, folks. We're not good yet. We're just not. So why don't we stand together? Why don't we come together? And why don't we decide to do something? You know, what really stings is when somebody comes up to me, when I'm at a table or I'm speaking or I'm somewhere, anywhere, it doesn't even matter, they'll see my ribbon or they'll somehow equate me with the organization and they'll say, thank you for what you're doing. And I'll say, fuck you, help me. Okay, help me. Thanking me doesn't help anything. I'm not doing this for glory. I'm doing this for my grandkids and my great-grandkids that haven't been born yet. Why can't we just get ourselves together and decide that this is important enough to do? Can't let other people do our work for us. It's going to take so much longer that way because there's just only so many people that are digging in and actually doing it. So, you know. Please. All right, there, I've said it. Please. Um, one of the things that one of the individuals who I used to be very close with, somebody who actually lived at my house for a while, um, before causing a lot of problems. But one thing she said, and I can remember this very clearly because at the time, you know, I kind of fought against it because it, it goes against my nature, but she said, you know, when you're coming. I was in my trial, and I, I was always frustrated because there were always so many people willing to go to the concert, so many people willing to go to the event, so many people willing to go to the whatever. Insert anything but court, and they're there, but they just always had an excuse. I'm there in spirit. <laughs> I I couldn't make it because I had to. I had to work. I had to. I couldn't afford it. I could. There's always a reason why people couldn't come. Always a reason why people couldn't do the thing that needed to be done at that time. And I remember her saying, you know what, you should bribe them. Bribe them. (laughs) That's ridiculous. But then I thought about it, and I said, who cares why they're there? We just want them to be there. And so from time to time, we did. My uh, co-defendant, although I haven't spoken with him in many years um, at the time, I don't know if he still does or not, but he owned a restaurant, and he made a free re- breakfast available to anybody who came to court support. And that bribe alone brought in—I don't know—I'd have to say probably several hundred uh, supporters over the 18 days I was in trial. Just a simple breakfast, you know, a five, six, ten-dollar gift brought them, and they were willing to come to court and make a difference, and make, a difference they made, a difference they made. Uh, there were times where I had a donation of some money and I would, you know, have somebody who had a van say, I will fill your van up with gas. Just pick people up and take them home, would you? And a couple of few times we had a van that would come around and pick people up. It was a bribe. Well, we've decided that In addition to everything else, we're going to up the stakes a little bit. And for the people that have participated and are willing to participate, um, we're going to offer some prizes. So just recently, we had Michelle Button, who is actually waiting on the line, and she's going to be our first guest on the line. Um, She has a case going on, and she needed some uh, character reference letters. And that's just one of the things that we happen to do very well. We've been writing character reference letters now for a lot of years, and um, we put it out there. We said, you know what, not only are we going to, um, you know, ask that everybody participate and write a letter, but everybody who does is going to become a a volunteer member of the Human Solution, and we're going to send you a membership card to package. In addition to that, we're going to select one person who wrote a letter, and at the time, also, uh, Dolores um, Halvin came in and needed a letter as well. So we actually had two people we were writing letters for. And so we decided, you know what, let's offer a prize. Hey, it can only help, it can't hurt. And so I just happened to know a company that makes handmade skincare products. And I got them to donate a basket of some amazing uh, handmade hemp uh, healing products. We also have a bunch of Human solution swag that we're going to include, and it's going to be a pretty fantastic little prize. Um, so we've decided to go ahead, and we're going to be selecting that today. Um, so that's something that we've decided we're going to have sort of some contests. It's a radio show. Hell, everybody likes contests on the radio. Um, so now I'm going to put it out there. We've never really had sponsors. We don't have commercials on this show. This is really just uh, – uh, fly by the seat of our pants, bring in everybody who wants to participate, and and, and do it. It's an organic show. Um, but I'm going to ask for some support. We've done this in the past for fundraising. Um, when we when we've done fundraiser events, we have um, had lots of donations of items. So I'm going to ask you and anybody who might be listening, anybody who might know anybody who wants to listen, that if you donate something that we can use as a prize for any one of our contests that are going to be issued on this radio show, um, that we'll give you a little spot. We'll allow you to put together a, I don't know, 30-second commercial, and you'll get a plug. Better than that, you're going to be actually helping us to rally support and get more people engaged and ultimately you'll be a part of ending Prohibition too. All right, so we got Michelle Button. Um, I just have become very fond of Michelle. She represents um, the kind of person that we're looking for, somebody willing to get out there and make the effort, somebody who wants to fight, somebody who was innocent and got accused of committing crimes, did something good for uh, her family and humanity, and instead of being rewarded for it, um, got victimized, got got, you know, persecuted, and that's what this is all about. We do not like people that get persecuted, and we do like people that do the right thing. So, uh, Michelle has an amazing little story to tell because, in addition to all the letters that we were to write, she got somebody else to write a letter. So, I'm going to let her tell this story.
1: And without further ado, Michelle
2: Button, how are you doing today? Um,
0: Michelle.
2: Yeah. Michelle. Yeah. Button. There you are.
0: I'm here. I'm here.
2: <laughs> gotcha. Uh, welcome to the you show. Did. I
0: was talking and letting more people know about the show.
2: <laughs> it's all good. It's all good. I I was just sort of telling everybody about you and um, you know how you kind of represent the the good of 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 what this organization is all about. You you got. Um You got what we do. you were able to uh get out there and put an effort in and in addition to what we did um you got at least as much done on your own and you went a step further. We were going around you know trying to get people to write letters on your behalf and um you know it came to your attention at one point that if we could get uh a local elected official to you know uh champion your cause and to you know, write a letter on your behalf, it could carry a whole lot of weight. So why don't you tell us a little bit about what happened?
0: Um, Well, I was working outdoor theater this summer with my children um, at a local town in Valdez, North Carolina, and I had the opportunity to meet former North Carolina Senator Jimmy Jackman. He actually puts a lot of money into the program and um, let him and some of his friends know about you know, what I'm up against, and he went ahead and wrote a letter also. And, and he actually amazing. is also very good friends um, with our current elected district attorney. So hopefully, before Monday, when trial starts, it will weigh heavily on their opinion to renegotiate my plea offer.
2: So, where do you think um I mean, what 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 is your public or your attorney um is saying about this? I mean, have you talked to him this week?
0: I Yes, I talked to him on Monday, and he said that he had to leave town for a family emergency, but he assured me that he would have an answer by Friday close of day. I told him if he doesn't, I'm firing his ass, too, like I did the last lawyer.
2: <laughs> I love it. I love it. Well, I um, I can say that, you, you know, we can never guarantee the outcome, but we know this. That when you go and you do the things that we know have worked in the past, we have a chance of working, and that's that's it. We know that the court systems are not fair. We know that um, relying on an attorney typically is um, a letdown, and so doing everything yeah. we can and being willing to fire your lawyer if if need be. Um, you know, it it all. Even
0: if they're court appointed, you weight. can fire your lawyer.
2: Exactly, exactly. Well, and just, not many um, people know that. that. No, most people don't. And that's you know, that's what part of what this legal clinic is about is it's not so much a bunch of free lawyers. I know I, I hate to disappoint everybody, but when people call the Human Solution and they're like, "Can I get a lawyer?" and the answer is probably going to be no, we don't have lawyers that are just giving their time away. But what we do have is experience. We have experience in the courtroom. We know the, we know the system, and we can tell you, you know, what some of your rights are. And what typically happens is, is you go, and once you learn some stuff, you you go and learn on your own. You know, every every district is different. Every state's different. Um, you know, there's all kinds of little differences, but the system's pretty similar. And uh, typically, when it comes to uh, a public defender. Um, the thing that people a don't realize, we call them more often than not. I, every now and again, one steps <laughs> up, but, but here's the thing. Uh, uh, it, there's, there's a thing and the, the, believe it or not, attorneys have, um, um, uh, an ethics or what do you call it? They have, they have some standards that they are supposed to adhere to. And, What it means is that there are ethics in law, and even though most people would say, wow, that's like saying realtors have ethics. Yeah, technically they're supposed to, but they tend to be some scummy people. But the truth is, if you know your rights, you know as a defendant, your defense attorney is supposed to not just defend you, but zealously defend you. And it's an important term because zealously means you're using everything you can you're giving it all you've got and you have a right to that that's actually not just an option it's actually you're right and if you're not getting that then you have a right to go look elsewhere for somebody who might just do that so that's really important that you've discovered that and that you talking you know publicly about it um is going to cause other people to discover it as well and I think that that's, um, you know, it's it, it's a big part of what this is all about. So um, I'm just really tickled. We're going to be selecting um, the winner. Actually, you know what? We might as well just do that while you're here on the line. So that way maybe you'll know the person that wins. So, okay, I, okay. first of all, I have a bag here. And I don't know um, if everybody is listening or watching or whatever. I know that if, you want to listen to the show, you can dial in, just pick up your phone and call 646-929-2495. The second thing you can do is you can go on to the link that's all over Facebook and that um, is going to be posted again all over Facebook. And it's just got a link that you can click on. The third way is this is being Facebook live streamed. And I'm not sure, it's on Lisa Wooldridge's Facebook page. And if we can get it shared, then it'll be on more people's Facebook pages. And if we could share it onto the Human Solution pages, then it'll go even further. But at the end of the day, you get to watch me standing here with a phone at my ear and see what's actually really happening. But what is actually, you get to see this time, is you get to see me with a bag, and inside this bag is all of the names. Now, Lisa, how many total names do we have? I know we didn't get them all in from Dolores, but too much time's going by, and we're just going to do the best we can here. But how many names do we have in the bag here? About 42. About 42. That means the total of about Good 42 eye. people that we know of um, submitted letters either to Michelle or Dolores or both. And so we're now going to select one. Woo-hoo. And here it is. You're listening to the shaking da, 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 of the bag. Da, 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 da. And now I'm reaching <laughs> my hand into the bag. And I'm swirling these things around. Da, 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 da. And oh, here it is. I've got the one. All right, let's see what we got here. You want to read that? Yep.
0: We have John DeBlanc.
2: John DeBlanc here. <laughs> Awesome. Right. He wrote John me a DeBlanc? letter. All right. Yes. Well Do you know who? Do you know how to get a hold of him?
0: I will message him as soon as I get off the line.
2: Okay. Well, all I need is his address, and he will be receiving a lovely prize, and we will uh take a picture of it I and all this address. good stuff. Fantastic. Fantastic. I will send Fantastic. you his address. Yes. Yes. Just message it to me. All right. Well, congratulations, John DeBlanc. You are. Not only a volunteer member of the Human Solution International, but you also just won an a incredible prize, and uh, I'm pretty confident. Hey, like Do you know if he's if he's married or has a significant other?
0: I am not sure. Um, okay. I met him through my um, court support page, and Got he it. stepped up to write me a letter, and he's been great all along and i definitely have his address and we'll make sure that you get it
2: beautiful i appreciate it all right well thank you so much michelle and just know that um you know if anything happens between now and monday um my guess is that there will be no trial um my guess I know, is that hopefully. they're gonna, they're going to realize that um uh, this is a ridiculous battle and that they should be focusing their attention on criminals and crimes that have victims, and, um, yeah. you know, you're just not that, <laughs> and it just blows me away when all. I tell people about your story, and they go, and they look at your page, and they see your family, and you're just like one of the most wholesome people we've ever come upon in our life, and yet you're being charged with crimes, and it's just so wrong. So is jail we'll crime, crime. I but know, yes, I know, exactly. Um,
0: And don't forget my offer. If any future defendants want to um, help putting together a binder on their behalf for, you know, uh, character references, medical papers that they need, uh, my offer is out there to help with that.
2: No, we're actually going to be including that into the the legal clinic page of our website. Um, Not necessarily naming you by name, but we're going to put in, unless you want to, but... Yeah, we're definitely going to put the resource that we do have, um, somebody that's willing to to step in and help and and show some guidance with that. Because, you know, I love your binder idea. And, you know, anything we can do that steps our game up, um, it shows a level of commitment and a level of professionalism that um, just isn't indicative of a criminal. (laughs) It's just not. No,
0: no, not a criminal, definitely. Thank all right. Well, so thank you so much for everything, and I'm here to support you as much as you all have been supporting me.
2: Oh, you betcha. Well, don't don't worry. I will continue to take you up on that, and I I'm hoping that um, you know this will be the last time uh, you ever have to deal with the courts, and hopefully this will be over uh, soon, and you'll you'll be unscathed. But no matter what happens, uh, we're not going anywhere, and uh, until we end prohibition entirely, we're just going to keep on plugging.
0: Excellent. Sounds like a right, plan. All well, right. thank
2: you so much, Michelle. All right. Once again, thank folks, you. Michelle Button, uh, she's a defendant and um, really stepped up to show the way to get it done, and I'm just really proud. Okay. Um, we've got a bunch of guests that are supposed to be calling in that haven't. Um, Adam Eisenberg, I met him, I don't know, I think when I was going through my case, so it must have been. At least five or six years ago, um he had a case going on in Washington, and uh I met him on facebook and you know I have very, very mixed feelings about Facebook for the most part, I don't like it most for the most part i've i've it's brought me a lot of drama um, as much as it's been a useful tool i I never had this kind of drama in my life. I never had enemies before. Um, I never had people that wanted to cause me harm in the way that Facebook has brought. But at the same time, I never attempted to coordinate um, and get a message out in a broad way. I never attempted to um, bring people together in the way that I do. I never attempted to uh, try to manage groups of people in a way that Facebook has made it possible. And I... As much as, you know, I'm, I'm conflicted about it, um, I'll probably stay with it because it's a useful tool. And I've met a lot of amazing people uh, as a result. And I wouldn't have met many of those people had it not been for, for Facebook and social networking. So um, I forget where the heck I was going with this. Oh, Adam. Yeah, Adam Eisenberg. Anyways, I met him through Facebook when I was uh, originally trying to bring together uh, support for my trial, and he had a case going on too. And he had a a a meme of a spine uh, X-ray that showed his his back as being messed up, and um, he was fighting a case at the same time I was, and. Ultimately, um, you know, he beat his case. Well, I met Adam when we were on the cannabis 10-day bus ride. Um, we called it the Journey for Justice, and, and the Journey for Justice um, was taken, obviously, from the Freedom Riders out of the Civil Rights Movement. That, uh, well, Speaking of Freedom Riders, we've got Craig Cecil calling in from federal prison. So we're going to – first time we didn't have a guest on the line – at this time and I'm just rambling. So we'll go ahead and bring Craig up.
3: An inmate at a federal prison. This call is being recorded and is subject to monitoring. Hang up to decline the call. Hello, Craig. How are you doing today? Hello, Joe. Well, I'm running a little late, but I'm I'm doing as well as as well as possible, I suppose.
2: Well, it it works out okay. We're 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 on the air for two hours, so I uh you know, usually Usually we've got you in that 5:30 uh, to 5:45 slot, but wherever you come in, that's where you are.
3: All right. I was outside. Uh, I think I've mentioned before. I'm the uh, scorekeeper for the softball leagues.
2: Yes, you have. <laughs> so what you guys do? Well, say? we had a, extra innings, or what?
3: Well, we have. We usually don't have a softball game on Wednesdays. They had a special game tonight of the.
1: East end of the prison against the west end of the prison, and it ended up being
3: hysterical. I mean, <laughs> these could easily be movies. And remember, these really are killer types and all that, but
2: they're hysterical. <laughs> yeah, they had. Um, I, it was a football movie, but um, I think was it Adam Sandler or somebody. There was a there was a movie about a prison football game, and it it was kind of a, you know, show. It 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 demonstrated the notion that. A bunch of people can get together uh, outside of their element and, and, and somehow work together. Um yeah, you know, it's kind of funny. I I look at our movement as kind of almost like that. You know, you got all these people that typically don't or wouldn't work together, but somehow, some way, we're trying to trying to overcome that and, and get them to to work together.
3: Oh yeah, and like you say, you see people with. Uh the white supremacists, you know, uh, with the, uh, uh, you know, against, like, a a black gang member. I mean, it's hysterical, the matchups, and and it's all in fun, you know. Everybody's about the game and the fun, so it it really does work.
2: Well, you know, it's not like um, fun is is in such big supply out there. I'm, I'm pretty sure that people will go out of their way whatever it takes to put aside to to get that little prize. And, you know, again, that's where I kind of say uh, I, I wish we could we could do the same with, you know, ending prohibition and so many other things. If we could just make it be a big enough prize, you know, we could get past all the, the, the humanity crap. Well, the other thing is I'm kind of
3: thinking that if they can actually get it up in the Congress for a vote, it would seem to me, that the representatives from the, what is it, 30 30 states now with uh, medical marijuana or, you know, recreational, it would seem like the representatives from those states would have to vote in favor of uh, descheduling it because their their state has already stated what they want. You know, the the people of their state have already made clear they want legal marijuana. I mean,
2: it doesn't seem like that representative could go to Washington then and vote against it. Yeah, it seems, it seems like we're ripe for this. Um, it just kind of blows me away that we, you know, how, I don't know, you, you probably know better than I do, how many bills are actually in committee right now, both in the Senate and or the House, um, that have to do with either descheduling, rescheduling, changing the Controlled Substances Act in some way or another, allowing for the federal use of this uh, the last time I checked, I think there was seven or eight bills that were in committee, and yet it seems that session after session they die, session after session they they time out. You know they don't they don't get passed. They might get through one committee, but then they stall out in another one. And then on the other side of the of the aisle, you know they'll get through the first one, but not the second one. I I just I just I think- go ahead.
3: Well, I'm thinking what we might be missing, like you say, it's falling apart in committee. And part of what I've heard the fault of that is is the committees, um, you know, because they have to look at so many different things. Well, the U.S. has done several different treaties that says that they will, you know, continue to make marijuana illegal. Now, it's high time that they would just, you know, announce to say, you know, hey, it's the will of the people of the United States that we exit the treaty. <laughs> Uh, I mean, that would simplify things, but that has been the holdup before is that they, they don't want to bring up a bill for a vote, whereas, uh, you know, the Senate has already ratified a treaty saying that we won't uh, decriminalize marijuana. So I think this call is from a federal prison. I think that has to be up front in the bill saying, you know, this is how we'll overcome that, you know. Make it so that, you know, I mean, these people have to be experts at it that are in Congress now. And and like I say, if 30 of the 50 states favor it, it, it's a go.
2: Well, you know, it's interesting. Um, When you're dealing with states, the state elected officials will almost always rely on the federal standing. And they'll say, you know, I just, I've sworn an oath and I can't, I can't violate a federal law. That's that's how most of the uh, elected officials that are in a state or that don't want to um, be supportive of it. That's that's like their fallback. And then the feds, will oftentimes, uh, use this tool that says, "Well, we're part of an we we are a member of an international treaty that has already forsworn." Uh, not to uh, go back on the notion that these substances are illegal. But now we have more and more nations that are actually just outright legalizing, um, decriminalizing entirely the plant, and there's been no fallout. You know, there's been zero um, enforcement of this these international treaties that are held in such high regard when it comes to us making changes and i'm wondering you know when do we get to bring that up
3: well again i think it would be high time to bring it up in committee saying that you know there must be an escape clause somewhere in that treaty, and we need to activate it you know it's time for us to, you know the records announcement that says hey we're no longer going to abide by the treaty because it's the will of the people of the United States, and we obviously have to honor that over the treaty. Exactly. And, uh, and like you say, look at, what is it, Uruguay and some others that have completely legalized marijuana, and, you know, the neighboring countries aren't complaining about it or anything else.
2: Well, and that's just it. Um, there, there's been no repercussions. In fact, in in... If you if you actually start looking at all of the places that have decriminalized this plant, you'll find that there's an entire reduction of crime. And you know when you when you remove from your criminal code these situations where there's not a there's no victim, and there you know you you make that no longer a crime. Well. By its own nature, you reduce crime, and there's not, I don't believe been a single case of any of these places where there's been a rise in violent crime. As much as they try to, uh, you know, scare us, uh, all the proponents of prohibition will always say, well, we can't start letting drugs come because everybody's going to be running around crazy and, and all of the re stuff will happen, and and crime will go up. There will be a rise in violent crime. They always say that. But, yet yeah, there's never been evidence of it, not not in any case whatsoever.
3: No, and, I, I mean, that stuff's counterintuitive. Like when Texas legalized the legal carry of firearms by everybody, their violent crime rate went down, I mean, in a big way. So, no, there there wasn't every. This
4: college is from a federal prison.
3: Everybody didn't go ball, ball, run around with each other instead you know um it actually helped and I think if they really deregulate marijuana, whereas they don't make it so that it's prohibitively expensive, even that'll do away with the cartels and really do away with the black market
2: well and because it that's one of the things I always talk about when we're having conversations um about legalization and the, the notion of of you know passing a law that allows for something to happen rather than decriminalizing something and passing a law that that stops making it a crime and I, and I always talk about that never has there been a a, a negative effect where the where the A law has been passed that allowed for there to be cannabis, and yet never has it ended the black market because their laws, every single law that's been passed, it never goes far enough. In Colorado, Washington, Oregon, California, everywhere that they've passed a legalization bill, the black market continues to thrive. And if we just eradicate the black market, then we've done the job because the black market's the so-called crime. And that's that's all there is left in it. Well,
1: sure, because
3: the black market can bring a pound of marijuana to market for a lot less than two thousand so, dollars. Exactly. I mean, they, they can they can compete extremely well against the you know the, the legal retailers.
2: Well, and that's just it. When you when you start taxing things to a point where it, it's untenable, in California, we we've passed. Uh, Taxes on cigarettes And tobacco products So high that there's actually A black market for cigarettes now And you know There's In the past there was never a shortage Of cigarettes There likely will never be a shortage of cigarettes However when you make The legal cigarettes so expensive And you can actually Have somebody go uh, Over to a, a A Native American reservation, or hell, some other country or wherever, um, and import it for cheaper than somebody could go and get it, guess what? Uh, That's what's happening. And they're busting whole big truckloads of so-called black market cigarettes now. Um, That's how crazy this has all gotten. And if people could just figure that out, there's there's a breaking point to it all. Make it make sense, and it'll all just you know there'll be plenty of money for the government I mean look if you had a reasonable tax on it that wasn't you know the the crazy 20 thirty percent whatever the taxes are they're paying on them right now nothing's taxed like that it's you know it becomes the Boston Tea Party all over again and people just say no that doesn't make sense I'm not paying that much for something that um, you can grow yourself you can you can you don't need the the big you know the big company to provide this for you, but
3: that's exactly right, and the, and it's that regulation, and like you say, if they if they uh, put a three
2: hundred percent tax on alcohol, guess what? The moonshiners should be back. Exactly, exactly, and that's you know I I always you know use alcohol as as the example. There isn't anybody. Selling, you know, bootleg beer. It's just, it, it, it's, it's too cheap to buy beer, even good beer. You can buy cheaply, cheaply enough. It might be more expensive than you would prefer to pay, but you know what? Nobody's going to make it cheaper than you can buy it at the drugstore, or the, the the grocery store. And the, the, you know, the same holds true with whiskey or anything else. Yeah, there's a there's a moonshine market because, not because It's cost-effective. It's a niche. People like the taste of moonshine, that's all. It's not anything other than that. But like you said, if they started overtaxing alcohol, started going crazy on the sin taxes again, that's what would happen. The moonshiners would be all over the place. Instead of everybody growing pot in their backyards, they'd have big old whiskey stills.
3: That's true. And like right now over the federal prison at 130 prisoners and not one of them is in here for most time. Yeah. There is a bunch of them in here for, you know, well, about half of the people here are here for different drug offenses, including marijuana. Right. Marijuana amounts for about 17% of the uh, of the uh, federal drug prosecution. So, you know, that significant number of people in federal prison for...
2: A well i um it blows me away that that we're still having these conversations. It blows me away that you're um you're not able to go fishing with me and it and it it bothers me deeply you know um, our nation continues to get sidetracked with things that really are not important enough in my opinion, that to get all the attention they do, and yet we don't give attention to the things that should. I think that was your second piece, Craig. It's all you now.
3: Yes, yeah, so like I said, it's something to consider, to, uh, like the Cory Booker bill. You know, try to get the press behind it. Try to get some coverage. Try to get a complete plan so they can test a complete plan to deschedule it and not overtax it and overregulate it. I, I think that's something that, you know, if it gets the right
2: attention, it will move it. And there it goes again. Um, You know, 15 minutes just goes too quickly every single time. Uh, Craig Cecil, if you're not aware of, is in uh, Terre Haute, Indiana, in a federal prison uh, in a place that's kind of dilapidated. It was built a long time ago. And um, it houses Craig Cecil, who is they're serving a life sentence without possibility of parole um, for pot and nothing else. No violence, no uh, victim in his crime. Uh, Everybody else that was involved in this big uh, smuggling operation has already been freed. Their cases are already resolved. And Craig, um, still languishing. The Human Solutions International does have a prison outreach program however um we've sort of refined it it used to be very um a dramatic part of our of what we did um our chapters all had a prison outreach coordinator and a uh a court support coordinator um we had sort of required there to be um support from your chapter to the inmates and we had a um, adopt a prisoner program where individuals and chapters and groups of people would actually, you know, take a an inmate and adopt them and, and, and pledge that they would, um, you know, put money on their books and remain in contact with them and sort of be there. Um, but most of the people that were involved with the prison outreach program, for one reason or another, it always kind of blew me away, but they were the people Typically, that went off on their own and did their own thing. I had an experience over the weekend that kind of blew me away a little bit. I just want to bring it up. This is, you know, just a little bit of meandering. But um, I was at a, an event, and uh, there's a hotel in California that is a cannabis-friendly venue, and they have like a little speakeasy thing going on. Anyways, it was a really, really nice Place. So I was able to attend a little intimate gathering there, and uh, was, I met somebody that several years ago I had helped. I, I came upon some information that she had received some material that had been, uh, it wasn't what she thought it was. And somebody had taken advantage of a situation, and I brought it to her attention before that product got out there on the market. And um, we never met in person but I talked to her a few times on the phone. Well, I met her there at this event, and she was just, oh, so grateful. She figured out who I was and what I had done, and she just couldn't stop cooing about it all. I mean, it was really, you know, just she was just so ecstatic and so um, so happy about, you know, finally getting to meet me, and so she was so excited about the human solution and all this. But, you know, it's funny. One of the people that... Left our organization actually caused quite a bit of harm along the way. Um, is out there and has has their own thing, and they raise money for prisoners. And when I told her that she's not affiliated with us anymore, she's it's, she's doing her own thing. She was blown away because this person, I guess, is still sort of I don't know. If she's referencing us, but certainly not distancing herself from us. And I it, I, I found it sort of puzzling that, you know, if you're going to go out of your way to um, cause harm to an organization because of a a disagreement or something that, you know, you don't like about a member or set of members, uh, that you would think that distance would be the solution. You just keep a distance, right? But uh, this person was still sort of making it appear that the work they were doing was in some way connected to us. and. I just didn't know what to think about that. But I clarified things and just wanted to, you know, if, if you're going to be part of us, please be part of us. But certainly don't, you know, surf the coattails and, and do your own thing in our name. It's just kind of, I don't know, bad form, I guess. Um, another thing happened, you know, again, I talk a lot right now about the ebb and flow of this organization and the reason I'm doing that is because as we're growing I really want to be careful that we don't repeat mistakes that we've made um, firmly believe that you know people and groups of people come into our world you know for different lengths of time a reason a season or a lifetime and 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 you know a reason is typically something that one side uh, needs something from the other side so they they reach out to them. Um, and many times they offer something in exchange. So we have something that we offer and somebody needs that, and in exchange they give us some of what we need. And it's a equitable solution. Um, and then when it's over, you know, when the need's not there, typically they go on their way. Um, there's been a lot of that, and i I, I understand it and I get it but frankly i I try now to sift through the reasons and get to the at least the seasons and and as I'm spending time with people I look at you know how much time I've spent personally and how many times so many of us have spent with people that as soon as they were done getting what they needed from us they they just you know took off and you know it's all good it's it's all for the bigger picture but it's not sustainable to have a few people taking care of of a lot of people when there's not, you know, an influx of of help and support, either financial or time or both. And so I'm trying to learn from history. You know, America is going through some some tough times right now, and I I just only hope that we learn from our history. I I hope we learn from, you know, where we came from and, 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 and don't continue to do the dumb things that cause the problems that we've continued to cause. And so I'm, I'm trying to live by that example and I'm trying to do that, you know, trying to look back and see what did we do that worked and what did we do that, you know, just sort of wasted time. And sometimes, you know, when you're ready to kind of throw away a whole section of, of, of a bit of work and say, you know, what, that just didn't work. You know, I, I had whole groups of people that, for whatever reason, just could not get along together, and no matter what. And we did a lot of good in some of these areas, but um, for whatever reason, they just always seemed to come unraveled, and all the attention and time ended up, you know, just getting put into, you know, kindergarten-type recess fights, you know, just ridiculous things. Anyways, I got an email, and I I struggled to find it. I can't find it. Um, I can't even seem to log on to the website right now. But um, we had a member, um, and I'm not – I don't know if you guys have noticed, but I I typically don't use names. I'm not here to to slam anybody. I'm not here to uh, uh, slander, libel anybody. I just – I want the lesson of these people to come out without – inflaming anything and we had a person who was a member and um hell she was a chapter coordinator at one time uh she had a case a a child custody case and she came to lots of court supports and traveled with me one time up north even um she was in the military she had all kinds of things that were you know we just she had experience supposedly writing grants and all this stuff but there was a a lot of problems there was another side to everything it always seemed and i'd always catch one side and then i'd learn something else and i'd always have people tell me watch out for this person watch out for this person this person's going to cause you grief and i never would listen and virtually every single person that caused us grief i was warned about but you know i can't operate from a position of fear or or you know i've got to give everybody a chance you know that's always been my nature so um, and it happened with her as well. Well, while I was locked up in 2012, um, when I got out of jail, um uh, there was a bunch of fundraisers that had happened and some car washes and all these little different fundraisers where, you know, this is back before everybody was just throwing up a GoFundMe page and saying, help me. Um, people would actually go out and do something to, to get help. And, you know, I was always proud of these fundraisers. They were difficult, we didn't ever raise a lot of money from them but but we you know we put an effort in and and we felt good about it and I found out that this person uh Cheyenne, I will talk about good people because people that do good things I think deserve it um but cheyenne um I think she was thirteen at the time, and uh, she had taken her birthday money or allowance money or whatever her parents you know, the, the family did not have any money, um, but she took the little bit of money that she had, I don't know if it was 25 bucks or something like that, and she donated it, and I remember when I got out of jail and was sort of re getting acclimated, um, I met her in person, and I heard about, you know, all that she had done. She would helped out with the fundraiser, and had done so many things, and we decided at the time uh, to allow her to be a full-fledged member. We were always an adults-only membership, but I just said, you know, she acted like an adult. She deserves to be a member, and um, she was actually the very beginning of what became our children's chapter, what still is our children's chapter, and Cheyenne Uh, just always had a great attitude. She was bright. She would come out to our place and help work in the gardens. And and, um, and then, you know, a lot of drama happened with her mom and I I didn't hear anything more from her. Several years went by and, you know, I just, to me, I just assumed that, you know, the whole family disappeared. I'd rather have nobody causing drama than you know one person helping and one person causing grief. And then a couple of days ago we got an email and I wish I could read this email but I can't seem to locate it. Um but it was Cheyenne and she found the website and she you know sent a message to the website and it was very personal and she wanted to know if we remembered her and She wanted us to know that um, she was no longer with her mom and that, for the I guess, three or four years ago, her mom had dropped her off with her godparents and left her there and basically went on her own way. And I, I don't know any of the details, but that's not the point. The point is she wanted us to know that at the time that she was really active with us, that she considered the human solution her real family. That we provided to her um, not only some goodness, not only some decencies, not only um, some purpose, not only this but some love uh, some guidance some some companionship, some quality human interaction, and she went on to tell us about you know some details about just some ways that this was so important to her and I really it touched me I mean it actually brought me to tears a little bit because it always seems that when I get critical of of, of the organization and I think that you know we should carve some things out and streamline and you know get back to basics and all this Uh it never fails somebody will come along and share a story about how the human solution in some fashion, some member, whether, uh, you know, we had anything to do with it personally or some other member, it doesn't matter. Somehow the human solution had touched them in a powerful way. And I can't help but think when people say, well, what do you do? And you try to distill what we do into a few lines and you try to, you know, highlight the court support and the jury rights, nullification, and then education and and ending prohibition and all of that but i I think what we typically fail to empower to to really um show the value of is we care and and you know a long time ago, somebody had said, um, you know the human solutions, the one group that won't turn their back on you or something like that. we got your back, I think is what they said we got your back and it's really the truth. If you ever are in a spot where you feel hopeless and lost, um, and typically it had something to do with cannabis prohibition, but it doesn't even have to, you're going to find somebody in this organization that cares, somebody that has been through something that you couldn't understand, or that just has an ear that'll listen and share a little bit of love, um, And I really don't want to diminish that. I really think that of all the ups and downs and the ins and outs and the ebbs and flows that this organization has gone through, that's the one thing that's never changed. And it's the one thing that I believe is is truly our strength. I I believe that the human solution is aptly named. (laughs) I really do. And so just, you know, as we're starting to rebuild and grow, remember that and you know if you're somebody who wants to participate but really doesn't feel like you have a skill you really don't feel like you have something maybe you're somebody who could just answer a phone maybe you're somebody you could follow up on a call and just listen and just let people know that you know what you're you're not alone and i think that that's got a tremendous value so i wish i could read this story to you but um cannot find it, so I'm just going to just told you about it, and that's that's kind of where we're at uh, okay, let's see, what do we got going on now, first of all I've been sort of all over the place, oh geez we only got 45 minutes left we are running hard, okay let's see, we've got a few a few guests on the line here, we've got Tom Corby and we have um, uh, Let's see, what the heck, I don't know, may have gotten the name wrong, would like to comment. I've got somebody here, my my board is cut off some, for some reason, and I can't see the whole thing. Oh, here it is, Pion, Pion? I, I don't know, I don't have the name, but I've got a 314 area code, and so I'm going to bring you up, and there was a comment. All right, 314-677, are you there?
5: Yeah, I'm here, uh, the name is Pion. What's your name? Pianchi, P I A N K I.
2: How
5: are you Pianki.
2: Okay. Oh, there we go. All right. Well I'd, I'd rather, i rather I'd rather say it right once than you wrong three times. <laughs> well, welcome Look, to the I show. Is this if, your first time on?
5: I don't think so, but I don't know if you're on the topic, but I've heard you mention something about education and I was gonna try to tie it in with uh, the issues with these uh <laughs> statues of soldiers. American soldiers. Am I taking okay. your take, taking you out of out of out of out of way. Of, is it okay for me to comment on that?
2: Uh, a, a little bit, but you know what? It's it's important. It's a relevant topic right now, and and certainly worthy of the discussion. So let's go go ahead. Well, the reason I heard
5: you mention something about education, and what's in the news today with these uh, statues of these American soldiers, and they keep tying certain individuals. In with slavery But that is just not true Because You can say it is But they are soldiers They also fought You know take for instance uh, Stonewall Jackson Stonewall Jackson fought in the Spanish American War He also fought uh, In the Mexican American War And Robert E. Lee Fought in the Mexican American War Along with Grant, Ulysses S. Grant. Now, if these soldiers had not fought in these wars, then the fabric of the United States, and Warren, by the way, the fabric of the United States may be different than what we experience today. And they aren't given credit for that. They are associated with another war that has been scorned and looked at with, with disdain. And associated with slavery, so it's a shame that it's not taught in, in schools the history of these individuals. Robert E. Lee was a was a was a, a person who was tremendous. His tactics that he used in the Mexican-American War was something that had not ever been seen before, and it basically was might have been a, a playbook off of Hannibal when he took his elephants across the mountain. So I just wanted to put that in there. Uh, and not only just those ones I mentioned, but a lot of other ones, you know. Uh, well,
2: you know, I, you bring up a good point, out. and and I'll I'll bring the point around to how it applies, maybe, maybe broader, so that it encompasses, you know, our mission as well. You know, we're yeah. a civil rights organization, so really, you know, the fact that we're trying to end cannabis prohibition is a current is a current thing, but there's plenty of of injustices that need to be fixed, and we're going to be here for all of them. And, and we always talk about one of the keys to ending cannabis prohibition is the truth, the actual truth, all of it, okay, not just some little slice of it, but all of it. And and I've said often in, in this show and other places that if we could just uh, demand from, from our elected officials um, not only the actual truth, uh, both sides of it, all sides of it, maybe there's four or five different sides of it, but cite your cite your sources and let's bring the whole thing out. Don't just slide, you know, an agenda-driven point out and call it the truth. And, and you know, almost every single time, if you look at the bigger picture and how every piece fits into it, sure, you can look at it through a narrow prism and say this means that, but as you just brought Um, A a lesson of history Hey, history is told by the victor And unfortunately um, We don't get history lessons anymore We get little slices of history And if people understood The entirety of the history Of our nation and of the world I think we'd all see things a lot differently And I think you're bringing up A valid point And I think it begs the question You know, where are we getting our information And are we getting all of the story And let's look at the whole thing keep things in context, and I appreciate uh, you bringing the point. All right, I think we lost him, but anyways, you know, um, we welcome anybody who's got something of value to say, and, uh, you know, we'll always try to tie it into uh, the greater, you know, the greater topic here. Um, okay, so, and, and you know, I I feel very strongly about that, as much as Um, You know, I'm obviously um, a civil rights advocate, and I believe that, um, you know, our inalienable rights are just that, that they should be treated as such, and and of course all people are created equal, and yet we come from a history that embraced some heinous practices, and you go back deeper into history, and, and the whole history of the world has embraced Similar practices, and, and as we progress in, in society and we become more aware, um, it becomes not just a matter of the the strong overpowering and enslaving the weak, but um, you create a society where all men are created equal and all people are created equal. And it's a hard thing to, to, to get from one place to the other. And, hell, I don't know if we're ever going to totally get there, but, you know, we're certainly doing our best. Oh, we've got Shauna. Shauna made it. Okay, beautiful. Well, I got 38 minutes, and I got three guests left. So you guys let me ramble on for about half of this show, and everybody gets to come in. So I'm going to bring up Shawna. Um She was going to be a guest last week, but had some issues. Um, both uh, she, She's in a spot where uh, she has low signal. But Shauna Banda has been a guest on this show for uh, a couple of years now. She's been a co-host of the show, she's been um, supported by the Human Solution, she is part of the Human Solution, and she's had a major turn in her case, and I've told a little bit about it last week, but I'm going to let Shauna tell her story, and um, what I consider to be a really uh, positive ending of this brutal story. So without further ado, Shauna Banda, welcome to the show, how are you doing today?
4: Uh all right. How are you? Thank you so much for having me. I haven't I haven't talked to you for a while.
2: It's been a couple of minutes and uh you know it's it's just good to to know uh what I know about you now and so why don't you share a little bit about last time you were on the show I think you were gearing up for a trial in Garden City, Kansas and um, you know, I've been through so many ups and downs and, and, and the grueling meat grinder that is uh the legal system, not the justice system. Um, why don't you bring us up to speed about what, what's, what's happened and what's happening now?
4: Well, I've been in the hospital a lot, and so um, it's been really difficult. I keep, I keep trying to, uh, you know, get better, and I think the stress has empowered me, and uh, there was a slanderous article that had come out, had said that I was I was offered a plea deal with a no reporting plea deal and I thought oh well isn't that funny is that even possible so um, I called up my attorney and I said you know I know we'll win the trial but if there's a possibility to do this no reporting let's do that because I can't do four or more years of appellate cases, and Supreme Court, and all of this stuff. So we called down there, and, <clears throat> and sure enough, I mean, they were absolutely more than willing to to accommodate. So we went down there and got all that settled a few weeks ago to where um, it's not necessarily non-reporting, I just tell them where I'm living every month and um whereas we deal before I was I was the I was the on-court services uh where Kansas was going to lay out uh you know your probation where you would have to go in and and submit to the urine test and whatever else you have to do with probation and uh And they would have let me do it in another state. So, which I thought, you know, how nice of them, they were going to give me all these rules and regulations for probation and then let me do it in a legal state where I wasn't able to. (laughs) So this way I'm able to heal. I've pushed it as far as I absolutely can. Um, My life is on the line. And, I was going to literally die if they put me in prison. And I had to come to the conclusion that it was quite very possibly that if I just continued I was going to die even if I pushed forward. So I just had to make that I had to make that choice and um and I think I did I think I did the right thing. I didn't want to take a plea deal. I wanted to fight it all the way through trial. And uh, ultimately doing this for life and to live. And I had to make the choice to live.
2: Well, you know, it's a strange thing, Shawna. Most people just don't get it. You know that just as well as I do. They just don't get it. One thing they don't get is how grueling... Um, these battles are when, when, when we raise up a warrior as as standing up and fighting their case. We don't only do that because of the rarity of it that it's less than three percent of the people that do that, but it's also because we know what it takes. We know what it takes from you, and it takes everything from you. I, I, I know what happened to me, and I know so many people that have gone through, you know, battles for years. And when it's all said and done and it's over whether you win or lose or draw, when it's all said and done, most people get sick. They collapse because you're living in a state of fight and flight for way too long. I mean, for years, literally, you're living in a in a state of heightened alert and and a, in a state where, you know, you could literally be taken away for any reason. Um, things could go horribly wrong in a blink of an eye, much more so than than normal. And when it all is done, and, again, it really doesn't seem to matter whether you win or lose, it all just comes crashing down. The second you let your guard down, you know, your your immune system just collapses. And, you know, you've been dealing with a compromised system from the onset, and you've been in and yeah. out of the hospital through this whole thing. So. I mean, I, I watched – I try to keep away from social networking and all the jibber-jabber and all the crap, but I know that I, when you announced what had happened, a few people had, you know, shot their mouths off, and, and luckily um, you were defended pretty eloquently in what I saw anyways. But the, But the truth is to even take a stand, to even – to even decide I'm going to fight these people to go into court and say not guilty I want a jury of my peers regardless of how it plays out it puts you on a on a on a different plane from 97% of the rest of the world and you don't ever know how many people stood up because you were standing up and when it all comes down to it at the end of the day when when the final decision gets made whether you decide to take it to the box or take that deal that makes sense you have to put everything into perspective and and whether it's 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 your child or whether it's your health or whether it's your life or whether it's your 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 spouse or it doesn't matter whatever it is that that causes you to make that decision that's your decision and and you know the 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 peanut gallery needs to learn to respect it frankly most of the people that have these big opinions would not have stood up the way you did, and I just, you know, really want to want to raise you up in, in in that, and and for people to realize that, you know, this is never about the person. Whenever any one of us stands up to fight in a public way, the way Shauna did, the way some of some people have, not a lot, but some. It's never about them. It's always about the big picture. It's always about a difference in the world and Unfortunately, it most of the time comes at the sacrifice of these people and so um you know you you have always had my support. you'll continue to have my support, and I'm just really um I'm really pleased that you're now in a place where you at least have access to your medicine and I uh, can't wait to, to see you back up on your feet and thriving.
4: I'm trying my hardest. You know, I uh, there were some naysayers. A lot of people were upset about the amount of money that they said I wasted, and that was pretty much from my local community. But, um, <clears throat> you know, it's hard to get them to understand that I didn't waste this money. <laughs> um they they spent over five hundred thousand dollars trying to persecute me, and it wasn't me who spent that money. it was them and so people need to understand that that money wasn't wasted that what I did wasn't i still don't feel like it was in vain. I don't feel like uh it it was a bad decision either way, I will never regret it um but what it well, has Shana, done is
2: it, person, it hurt
4: them. They
2: won't just, do this again. They'll think twice. Exactly. And and if if just one person thought about standing up to fight, or if just one elected official or prosecutor or cop decided to think twice because of something you did, it was worth it. You know the victories um, are are long-reaching. They go. They 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 continue on when we. When we gain ground, we gain it from a pure place. We're not buying it. You know, hell, they spent $4.5 million on my case. You know, you want to talk about a, a big waste of money. Um, um.
1: These
2: are, these are, these are, people just have no idea the amount of resources that are wasted uh, uh, on, on, on these kinds of cases and, and to perpetuate the lie that is prohibition uh, and and, and the, the the layers of victims that come out of this it it just people just don't get it. So to anybody who thinks that you know there was some BS going on, I say if you could just plug into the situation for thirty seconds, I'll bet you wouldn't survive that thirty seconds. If somebody could just plug into your experience for an hour and just feel what you felt and did what you were doing, lived it just for that 30 seconds or an hour, they would walk out of it with their eyes wide open, their jaw on the floor, and they go, crap, I'm sorry. That's what would happen. Yeah.
4: Yeah, people don't understand the, uh, <clears throat> the amount of stress that it puts on you, the amount of, and you're right, it is a fight or flight thing. You're You're fighting for basic survival. All the time, and it doesn't stop. I mean, I'm still going through it now, just because I've moved to uh, a new place, and I've got that whole basic. I need my basic needs taken care of, and you know, struggling every day to find work and get out there and get it done. So, um, you know, the, well, why
2: don't we do this, this moment just shout has, out a we we've got an oh, audience go here. Why don't you let people know uh, approximately where you're at? And what your abilities are, um you know you're looking for work. Let's find you some work,
4: yeah, I'm in Spokane. I'm willing to travel around the area here in washington state and uh and I'm looking for treatment work i All right. i'm not you know I'm not very physically strong um but man I sure can sit down and uh put some put some plants away so I'm just, I'm still looking and uh I'm still trying hard. I've got to um you know, I I fought and I, I won my child in need of care case and uh and I won fifty percent custody of my son during the divorce. And so, um I'll be able to bring him up here as soon as I have stable housing and uh and that's been like the hardest kicker of it all is going through all of this, winning and and getting my son back, and then and not literally having him with me. Um, that's been the hardest. I I really think it's the hardest. My my heart just ached for him, but um, I it's easier now because you know he's not, you know, the state didn't actually take him from me. It's not like I'll ever not see him again. I know that it's just going to take time and um, and patience and perseverance and uh, and that's what I thought. <laughs>
2: well, it's true. Um, how, how you know that it, people again they just don't get it. You know what what one of the reasons I was able to stand and fight my case is because my kids were over eighteen,
6: and I don't know how I would
2: have been if my kids were under eighteen because I would have had all that at stake I, I I probably would have continued, but it's hard for me to say um, but that was I, I look at the complication of an underage kid involved um, in a case like this and it and it it just changes the dynamic of it it it, it adds yet another layer of difficulty to an already impossible battle um, so I just again I'm just so glad that uh that, that you're on this side of it now and um you know I certainly our support doesn't end um when the when the case is over. Um, you know, this is uh this is all family here. So um yeah, how does somebody There's get a lot of plenty of work
4: this? to be done.
2: <laughs> uh, there is a lot of work to be done. We're gonna get your ass a little healthy and we're gonna go on the road and take care of some business.
4: That sounds good. Uh,
2: How does somebody get a hold of you if they've got a job to offer you?
4: Uh, I have, let me find this. I have borrowed a phone. I just have to find out what my number is. (laughs) I don't even know what it is, actually. Let me find out. Ah, okay, so... Anyone wants to get a hold of me and has work anywhere in the Spokane or surrounding areas, you can get a hold of me at 509 599 9023. And last week I had a different phone that I was using and it ended up uh, not even receiving phone calls. So it's been it's been a fun ride, but I'm riding. Well, and if and I'm whatever not reason,
2: you go. I have a job for Shauna, and you can't reach her. Get a hold of me, and I will make sure she gets the message. So, all right, Shauna. Well, I, um, well, I do have somebody that I was supposed to be a guest on the show today, um, and I told him that you were in town, and I'm going to put you two together. I don't know that he has any work, but he's connected. He's lived there for a long time, so um, he may, Amazing. he may be. Thank you. Absolutely. All right. Once again, folks, Shauna Banda, she's got um, the ability now to uh, take care of business, get herself healthy, and uh, move on forward so we can fight another day.
4: Thank you for having Thanks. me on, Joe.
2: Oh, you betcha. All right. We'll talk to you real soon.
4: Okay. Bye.
2: All right. Shauna Banda, folks. Okay, we got Galen Fisher and Tom Corby up next. And so Galen's usually good for a few minutes, and Tom will close the day out. Before we get to Galen, I just want to let everybody know that this show is brought to you by the Coffee Party Radio Network, and we're grateful for the opportunity to be here. And uh, if you want to call in the show today, tomorrow, or another day, you just call in 646-929-2495. The shows are all archived, and you can listen to, if you missed any part of it, you can listen to it um, on the link that is on the website, which is THSINTL.org, and you can find the radio show page, and there will be a link to the archive. All right, Galen Fisher from Las Vegas, Nevada, chapter coordinator and uh I guess technically still a defendant. Well, an ex-defendant. Let's go there. Welcome to the show, Heck Taylor. Yeah. How you doing?
6: Hey, Joe. Hey, everybody. Thanks for having me. I'm doing okay, six feet above ground, best place on earth still, to my belief.
2: Absolutely.
6: Heck, yeah. You know, it's amazing what you said when and hearing Shonda say something that just made me get goosebumps because you said that when you're in a position – to fight you know in that position you're fighting against the court the legal system not the justice system but the legal system you're kind of like stuck in limbo in a fight or flight situation and it's so much turmoil on your total being and that could you know mentally physiologically everything it kind of does it does kind of weigh on the person and and like you says, there's if you've never been in those shoes before, good thank thank God you have, and thank you know thank goodness for whoever, you know whatever that you haven't been in those shoes. But I can I can attest to exactly what you said when speaking with Shonda that if you have anything pulled over with the you know and in and in a, in a, in a joint in the car or seed in the car or a bud in the car or whatever whatever year it was 1954 to 2019, you 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 find real quickly that the general perception that is perceived by the public is that hey it's it's, it's 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 legal now it's in the prohibition it's it's this it's that it's nobody's gonna you know it's like liquor now yeah okay you'll find out quickly to the contrary that it's it's uh, still a legal processing form of revenue, to put it quite bluntly. And there are, I know, as well as a lot of other people know, Shonda, you, yourself, and and, and countless other people who call in and who have been a part of Student Solution who who still don't know, but have nonetheless been through.
2: You there? Oh, We lost him. All right, well, we were just getting to the good part there. Galen Fisher, well, if you call back in, we'll uh, put you back on. All right, we got Tom Corby to uh, get our NorCal report. Tom Corby, welcome to the show.
7: Uh, thanks, Joe, Becca, uh, the Coffee Party Radio Show, all the folks on the front line to help us come together and be the solution to end prohibition. No one should go to jail for our plant. I think we all agree on that. I'm here today with Nick Rand, and these defendants are ever grateful for the court support advocacy and uh, with the human solution international with without the application when a when a prisoner first gets out of jail of prison uh they're more likely to take a, a bs plea deal. uh so uh comfort a defendant record the court and uh there's nothing like uh helping a defendant uh all of us Joe and I we've all been through it and there's nothing like to support uh <clears throat> I was just messaging last radio show, how my calendar from years ago was almost empty. And since then now I'm starting to get more cases. Uh, I don't know if you heard, uh, it's kind of sad. Uh, not only in Yuba County, uh, over our plant, people getting shot, uh, today, uh, just, uh, too close to the hood here to our neighborhood here. Uh, in Durham, uh, a code enforcement came in. I'm not, I didn't get the whole story yet. The all, are not police officers, and they they come in, and uh, I guess they went after this, this uh, code enforcement violation and end up shooting this guy, and, and he's dead. Uh, this is really sad. It's kind of scary. Uh, this is why uh, we come uh, to and prohibition and stop the madness uh, against our sacred plant. I have a new case, uh, actually part of our circle here, our collective circle, uh, one of our workers here, uh, mom and dad, got busted uh, last year had they known about us. uh, They would not have hired Charnel James. Uh, first of all, Sir Nell James had go way back with her, basically uh, a civil attorney. Uh, she They paid her to help and uh, $3,700 and supposed to get back to him. I guess she did a few things and set up a hearing. Yeah, she still hasn't got back in a month. So it's just a shame. We don't have too many good attorneys They take the money and run They just don't seem to care uh, Thankfully We have attorneys like Joseph Tully that uh, Helped Nick Moran uh, Get his uh, Jury acquittal here just a few months Ago has set Huge precedence here uh, In Northern California For all these other cases uh, when, we, when we Talk about code enforcement uh Jackie and her husband Ray had had ninety nine and they both, they were both recommended by a doctor. Code enforcement actually came in and looked over a native fan they could see the plants and uh and they did a flyover, which now we know flyovers are illegal they can't um. Uh, they didn't consent to a search. There was not even a sheriff there. Uh, they, uh, they, they had their discovery and uh, their police report. There's no complaint. Uh, charges, uh, just, uh, nine charges were actually dropped. They have just been charged with going outside the box. Uh, so we're coming for Jackie and Ray. Very nice people. They actually support for, for uh, Eric Pierce uh, just last uh, Wednesday the 16th for El Riden Conference. Uh, if you remember right, Eric Pierce got uh, to what? Star, uh, psilocybin mushroom, which is a misdemeanor, by the way. Uh, he has. Uh, a, a, a PD that, that is just beyond uh, belief that the judge will not let peers excuse. In fact, She admits he can't defend him. And so that he's going on to, to trial uh, assignment conference uh, this Friday at 8.30 here Number 1 Court Street. And local courts court always arrested, uh and he goes on to jury trial selection that next Monday, the 28th of August, uh, same day James Benno has a motion to hearing up in Sheridan uh, County. So uh, we won't be able to, to go court to court. We'll do our local support here and uh, maybe go for it for the Benno's. Also, Dan's charge, uh, Benno's. Uh, also, congratulations to Aaron O'Neill again. Uh, his case was dismissed, if you remember. He took it to trial and won, and uh, uh, El Dorado County uh, took it to retrial, and it went in for a uh, uh, hearing and dismissed the case here on 18th. So congratulations to Aaron O'Neill. Uh, also, Aaron O'Neill, who was here, Said, uh, helped him with this case so much that that four million dollar court claim uh, filed against uh, El Dorado County. Uh, so that uh, uh, Matt Pappas, uh, Joe's taking that on for Earl, and I didn't know if he knew that. Okay, I want to thank you all today. uh a uh, for another defendant, and then. Uh, it was it was nice to hear Michelle Button talk today and also Shona Banda talk today. Uh, we must respect the defendant uh when they uh her case, nobody knows her case like you and not going through it. It's uh it's a nightmare, believe me, especially when there's kids involved. So uh hats off to Shona. I'm glad she's free now. Uh This letter of of character reference, I try to keep it short. The brevity is, although we're not men of brevity, Joe and I, uh, is for Richard Hemsley in Sacramento. It's actually a federal case. uh, uh, The usual charges, uh, cultivation, possession for sales. Uh, He he went back to jail. He missed a hearing on an FTA, uh, so he went back to jail uh he's got a uh, another hearing coming up uh alex Lyons has the information on that coming up here uh these letters it's real simple that please consider our plea to find leniency in prosecution of mr hemsley and even dismissing his case moreover to have him released on or for knowing Richard as we do, he would not be a flight risk or a threat to society, but rather an asset. As we understand it, Richard leased uh, said property from from the owner had made it clear where the boundaries were, uh, having no idea that he had planted a few plants across the line on BLM land. Uh, furthermore, Richard tries his best to stay within the growth guidelines under California. California's Prop 215420, having a legal collective with doctor recommendation, which I really feel is good for your defense to have these doctor recommendations, and have your collective. Uh, they uh, they thirty member collectives right now. Uh, even Tully said we could probably uh, deal with uh, five member collectives right now. I uh, always uh, recommend having your. Doctor's recommendation. And by the way, in uh, Nick Rand's uh, trial, it uh, was proven that doctor's recommendation never expired. Good to know that. It's nice to have one up to date too. I want to thank Joe and all today for another great historical radio show. Come join. Help me with solution. The solution org. Thank you to Joe and uh, Donna would say, don't forget to breathe.
2: Nope, I will not forget. Well, thank you again, Tom Corby, and uh, you are a lion among men, and um, I uh, look forward to seeing you again. All right, um, Galen looks like he's back on, and I just want to bring up the point that we have jury rights day coming up, and um, the headquarters chapter has submitted their. I don't know. Request for the materials from Fiji. If you missed the interview last week, it's available on the archive. You can learn all about Jury Rights Day coming up September 5th, or any time before or up to a week after. If you're interested in, uh, you know, getting a few people together to go educate potential jurors about their rights, um, go over to the Fiji website and uh, sign up a $20 commitment um, that you'll get the money back if you turn in your little uh, write-up on the event that you did. It's just really kind of to secure that you're going to do what you said. <laughs> They're going to send you more than $20 worth of materials. Um, it makes a big difference. We're going to do it, uh, the headquarters chapter, we've done it, I don't know, I think five out of the last six years, and um, you know, we usually go down there for a few hours, but even if you just go down there for an hour and, and uh, hand out literature to protect prospective jurors, imagine if you were sitting in the hot seat and you had a jury of your peers and you knew that if you had just done a little more, maybe one of them would have known about their right to vote not guilty if they determined that the charges or the law that was applied was immoral or unjust. Which applies to all of our drug laws almost across the board, so anyways, um jury rights day coming up September fifth. I encourage you to be a part of it, and also um we're doing another going to um announce a winner today, but I decided let's give it another week. We had one winner today already. So uh, we're doing a Solidarity Ribbon contest. And basically, um, the Solidarity Ribbon has been out for the last nine years, and it shows up in courtrooms, shows up at rallies, it shows up at events, it shows up all over the place. It looks like this. Um, This is something that it's a symbol of, of the human solution. It's a symbol of, of us as an organization, as us as individuals. It shows that we're kind of first responders. Um, that Red Cross is, is very much a Red Cross, that when things get tough, we walk towards it rather than away from it. Uh, it's our nature. It's, it's, it's what we do. Um, you're not alone when you come to us. It's a symbol of solidarity. We stand with you. <coughs> so what we're doing is uh, there's so many pictures with these ribbons. I'm going to uh, I'm trying to collect them. I'm trying to get them into our scrapbook. So if you have a picture of anybody wearing a solidarity ribbon, uh, put it up onto the Human Solution member page, the main member page. It's a public group. Anybody can post on it or at least can submit a post. And leave a couple of words as to why you think it should win. Um, This week we had a few entries, but we just kind of announced it. So I'm going to let it ride one more week. Hopefully we'll get a bunch of entries. And um, I am, again, looking for donations of prizes. I'd love to have some amazing prizes to add to this. We have some um, that are donated by Willow Creek Springs, and we have some uh, Human Solutions swag that we will be uh, sending along with it, but we definitely looking for some looking for some donations. All right, folks, <clears throat> we got a couple minutes left, literally, and uh, we'll bring Galen back up. I don't know; he's got a bad connection, but maybe he can finish his thought. Galen, you still there?
6: Hey, yeah, Joe. Sorry about that. You had a bad, bad connection. I was talking. I don't know how long I was talking. I don't know when I, where I left off at, but I was talking <laughs> for a minute and realized that I was. I'm talking to just my computer
2: <laughs> no worries no worries um well we were talking about uh when a defendant stands up it's bigger than just the defendant um uh, that people don't understand what it's all about unless you've been through it and it's the truth um i mean if you've been through it with a loved one it's going through it but if you just sat there and watched from facebook uh you don't know you don't know oh yeah it's just,
6: Absolutely, so if you if you've been in those shoes, then you 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 have been on the court or you've been in the field, any, any anything like that. But if you've been on the sidelines and you have if you have some a family member or, or any level or, or friend in there, then you can kind of know. But if if there's anything that any anything that uh someone says, hey, well, you know, they got themselves in that situation, I'm like, well, listen, hey, there, believe me, it's it's hard, it's you can get in the same situation just as easily. It's not that hard, and the thing is that we're still going against a legal system, as you stated earlier with a lot of old guards who even though may at a point of retirement invest into the the cannabis industry but while in in the profi- in, in the their professional capacity won't acknowledge any of the medicinal benefits in the uh, or, or or just you know just say that they 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 are not an opponent against it they you know they don't have to make a strong you know outwardly statement but i would just you know like them to more than anything rule and show by you like you said by show by their courage to say hey i know this isn't you know something that's considerably more horrible considerably more damaging to the community to the individual uh at, at, at bar or, or, or the family and anyone else. This, when I, when, when I just like most people, I, I'm sure you Shonda and anyone else in the situation, find themselves in that situation. You really find, you really try to find and place blame where it belongs. And you're like, what did I do wrong? And you're like, where really, what did I do wrong? You know, and it's hard to really find a true victim in any Plant-based crime, and I, w- I want to say that because that's what it is. It's a plant. It's a plant-based crime, and to say that it's a plant-based crime, meaning that if if it's if it's good for the gander, it's good for the goose. However, I understand that there are um, all type of intricacies that I, my small mind and, and common mind, can't understand when it comes down to uh, so-called. Le- uh, legalization or, or regula, regula, regulation or things like that. I just say, hey. Yeah. Oh, hey. But I want to say one thing that is just, I, I know this, and, 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 and look, Joe, I to, before I say all that, I just want to end that statement and say this. Uh, it's just a plant. That's what I'm getting at, too. And I want to say thank you for the Human Solution, for you, Joe, and for all the members of the Human Solution for just, you know, shining a positive light, showing everybody that, hey, there is solidarity in this community and there's not a whole lot of hubbub about it it's just the plant but we stick together for just that plant
2: i couldn't have said it better well thank you so much galen and i want to thank everybody that helped make this show amazing as it is thank becca for uh being our screener today thank lisa wildridge for filming this thing and all the guests that called in um you know what, we're going to keep going until we end Prohibition, so I will see you all next week.
7: Hi, I'm Willie Nelson, and the Willie Nelson Teapot Party and I endorse The Human Solution, supporting cannabis prisoners because no one should go to jail for a plant.
1: Little things I should have said and done You were always on my